0: Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of That 401k Podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about the what I call the perilous move from one 401k TPA to another. And of course, first things first, uh, we have some live events uh, to talk about at 401ksite.com for further information. Of course, next week, we'll be in Las Vegas, a week from today, sunny Las Vegas, Hopefully. Uh, with my travel luck, it's gonna, probably going to be like 50 degrees. Well, it's, <laughs> I did an event one time in LA, um, it was like February week, and uh, my kids didn't have uh, school so we went to uh, Disneyland, uh, and then I had the event on a Friday, and I'm like looking forward to going to LA in February, and, and of course it was cold. Um, April 8th we will be in Phoenix, Arizona at Chase Field. Uh, we will be June 24th at Miami at uh, Lone Depot Park. Uh, for further information on all the events at that 4 for, uh, Like I said, for further information, 100 bucks gets you in. Uh, of course, baseball season. We'll have a limited number of tickets for that night's game. I forgot the Diamondbacks on the 8th, April 8th. Um, we'll play the Padres, and of course on June 24th. The Marlins are going to play the Mets. And, you know, uh, again, with this variant and, uh, you know, difficulty of a lot of plant providers and sponsoring events, I know a lot of uh, some of the big plant providers have, you know, no in person events. And obviously, that's uh, probably going to put a wrench into our schedule for the full year. But we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, uh, you always say, uh, you 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 plan God laughs or as my grandmother would always say uh, life never goes to plan so we'll see what happens again go to that foreign for further information now let's go to the uh, topic at hand <sighs> moving from one 401k TPA to another um, I you know I've been living in the same house uh, for over 16 years now June will be 17 years. Prior to that, I lived for a couple of years on the Queen's Apartments. Then, you know, a, a few years in, in Oceanside, where I live now, in my parents' house. And then for 23 years, at one point in Brooklyn, I lived in the same house. So I've been very, very lucky. haven't, you know, uh, lived in that many places. Uh, and the reason I say I've been very, very lucky is because I hate moving. Um, I envision one day within the next five years that, you know, I'm not going to be living in, in this house anymore, where I where I broadcast from, and I'm already dreading moving. I mean, the the whole dread of you know packing all your stuff. It, it kind of reminds me of the George Carlin comedy act about stuff, and um, you know just the idea that you got to pack up for months and months at a time, and um, you know just you know. Marking the boxes and this, this, and that, and throwing a lot of stuff out. It's just, I kind of even dreaded it when, you know, for the school year when I was in a dorm and, and cleaning up and whatnot. I always hated it. You know, as an risk attorney who used to work at a lot of TPAs, uh, just a couple. And you know, not having a great situation at the last one that I worked at, you know, I was, you know, as a risk attorney, oh, you know, you gotta move and this, this, and that, and and, and it's just I realize over time, uh, looking back on it now, that you know, you try to avoid the move because it, it could be very, very per- perilous for the, the plant sponsor to do that. And how so number one, um Even before the move, um, the plan sponsor really should have that current TPA contract and the prospective TPA contract for the new TPA to be reviewed. Plan sponsors tend to forget that contracts have legal consequences. So, uh, you know, I would certainly recommend that the plan sponsor hire an ERISA attorney, which is, you know, this is the point where I'm supposed to cough and have an ERISA attorney review it. Uh, plan sponsors really need to identify what the notice requirements are on how to terminate the incumbent TPA because the plan sponsor can't terminate on December 24th and expect a new TPA to pick up the plan the following week. doesn't really work that way. Um, the, the, the soon-to-be-terminated TPA may be entitled to a deconversion fee, and uh, I think it's important for the contract to... Uh, be reviewed to see how the termination and de- deconversion fees are handled. Um, I, I've been involved in many situations uh, you know one in particular that I've mentioned over the past year where um, I was working with a plan. you terminate the TPA uh, and they don't want to do the work that they contracted for and not only don't they not want to do the work they want like you know half the annual fee to do a val and a fifty-five hundred that was already paid for. Um, I hate surprises, and I think the plan sponsor really should identify what the costs are and whatnot. Um, I can tell you from experience again, there are quite a few TPAs that uh, will take uh, being terminated per- very personally, um, and they uh, may not be cooperative as they should be. Uh, just recently. I was hired by a plan sponsor that really didn't think out the termination process at all to kind of jump the gun, told the payroll provider that uh, they were being terminated and the payroll provider said, you know what, okay, we're terminated, um, adios, and the problem was is that the new TPA couldn't take over for another three months, so I actually had to go through the whole trouble of creating a new plan document for the client for that interim time. So they, they ter- terminated the payroll provider. It was one of those uh, PEO plans, and they're going to switch to a single employer model. And, you know, for a three-month gap, they'd have no plan. And so I had to fill in the gap. Um, for the new TPA, I think the plan sponsors um, really need to see how uh, the termination, deconversion fees are handled um, because, you know, no relationship lasts forever. I'm always reminded by that situation where Davey Johnson was manager of the Mets in the late 80s. He was under fire because the team wasn't making the playoffs every year. This was the days when, you know, you didn't have a wild card or three divisions, two wild cards in three divisions. And so, you know, one time somebody called up um, on WFAN and asked Davey, Davey, is it true that you're hired to be fired? And, um, you know, I think I was 16 or 17 when I heard that question. I'm like, I still remember to this day. And it's quite right because, you know, ultimately plan providers are hired to be fired because their relationship will not last forever. At a certain point, there will be an end. So for the new TPA, the plan sponsor really needs to determine how termination and deconversion fees are handled. Um, You know, and of course with the contract, with the new TPA, the plan sponsor really needs to make sure that what was promised is actually in the contract. The um, plan sponsor certainly doesn't want to be billed, uh, you know, get a bill of goods and it's not reflected in a legally binding agreement. Next, the new TPA really has to outline the whole entire conversion process. Um, converting plans really isn't easy. There certainly could be weeks where there's a blackout period where, you know, obviously participants can't trade within their 401k account if uh, the plan is participant-directed. A plan sponsor really needs to understand how long that process will be. Um, The new TPA certainly has to create expectations and, 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 you know, have them fulfilled. Um, Of course, there's nothing worse than you're being told it's going to take three weeks or four weeks or 30 months to convert a plan, and it takes longer. Again. I'm not a big fan of surprises, and, um, and you know, plan sponsor really can't afford to have a very, very long conversion process between the current TPA and the new TPA. Um, you know, like I said, the new TPA really has to thoroughly um, outline the conversion process so that the plan sponsor can have some understanding of what it really entails. Conversion process, um, you know, doesn't really happen through you know the flip of a switch and uh you know a good tpa the new one hopefully is a good tpa uh and they will provide all the required notices that need to go to plan part participants um make sure to uh make sure to avoid missteps um I always think that the first impressions mean the most when it comes to new TPAs. Those first steps in the transition mean the most as well. Um, I've seen missteps in the whole transitions uh, process that uh, foul up the relationship with the new TPA to the point that the new TPA is going to be eventually fired pretty quickly. Uh, you know, I, I know... Based on my experience as a TPA attorney, if we didn't do a good job through the conversion process, inevitably we're going to get fired about a year or two down the line. A new TPA really needs to identify the, the contact people in the conversion department as well as make sure who the deconversion team is on the current TPA. Um, of course, you know, again, a lot of TPAs take being fired seriously and they may not cooperate. Um, it's up to the plan sponsor to, you know, find out who is part of the uh, deconversion team of the, the former TPA if the new TPA can't get the required information for a smooth uh, transition. Um, there's really, you know, privity of contracts. You have privity, you know, plan sponsor would have privity with the old TPA. The new TPA doesn't have any privity. So it's going to be up to the plan sponsor to get that stuff done. And I will assure you that uh, the three initials that get most TPAs going, except for that one in Florida that just thought I was bluffing, the three initials that usually get um, a TPA going and doing their job, uh, you just tell them three initials, D-O-L. And um, I assure you, uh, almost every single time, except that one time with that Florida TPA that, you know, tried to screw the plan out of $80,000, that usually gets people going. Um, so uh, that, that's just my, my two cents. Um, next, I think it's important that the new TPA reviews the old TPAs work. Compliance errors, um, unfortunately... Uh, that are committed by a TPA are usually only discovered on a government audit, but uh, or during the conversion process. And I think that the compliance process makes a you know should. I the compliance process of the conversion should include a thorough review of all compliance and allocation works by the former TPA. If mistakes have been made, uh, an earlier fix can be done. Mistakes. Uncovered by the new TPA is, is certainly going to be a lot cheaper than when they're discovered on a government audit. Um, government auditors are, you know, depending on the, the, the flick of the, the, the roll of the dice, um, you know, could be uh, very uh, conscientious uh, in terms of helping the plan sponsor out or just could be somebody who just likes to penalize. You know, a 401k plan is, is really like a pristine machine. There's so many moving parts and so many things that could certainly go wrong, whether it's compliance tests, misinterpretations of the plan document, failure to include eligible employees, or, you know, obviously the very popular reporting the wrong definition of comp. There's so many things that certainly could go wrong. A solid review by the new TPA can can uncover what I call uh, any buried bodies, which is, uh, you know, the way I, I talk about undetected plan errors. I think it's important uh, – next, I think it's very important for the plan sponsor to realize that, you know, everything is a two-way relationship. Uh, you know, certainly things don't happen in a vacuum. There are two sides of a coin and two sides of a relationship. And I think a good relationship with the new TPA isn't, you know, just how, pre- how you know, the new TPA tra- tra- uh, tra- uh, treats the, the plan sponsor, but as well as how the plan sponsor treats the new TPA. If a plan sponsor really isn't forthcoming with um, a new TPA on information or the plan sponsor provides incorrect information, there are going to be problems in the relationship that, you know, I don't. I, I think the greatest TPA still, you know, wouldn't be able to handle. Um, you know, I, I've seen situations where a plan sponsor won't tell the TPA, oh, by the way, I have this other plan. Um in a in very funny situation, and again, I was a TPA attorney, so when I say this, realize as a TPA attorney there was no attorney-client relationship. I just want to specify that you know, for the people uh, listening. But I remember years ago, there was a former mayor, uh, very, very popular at the time, not so popular now. But uh, the situation... Uh, was that uh, the mayor set up a, a very uh, you know a, a consulting company we set up the defined benefit plan for that mayor's company we set up a, a uh, we set up a defined benefit plan for the mayor former mayor uh, as well because that former mayor was uh, at that time very very popular making a lot of speeches and wanted to bank it and then we did such a great job with uh, you know, the plans, um, the former mayor's company said, uh, oh, by the way, can you handle our you know 401k plan? And we like, what, what 401k plan? Uh, you know, so a plan sponsor really needs to identify to the TPA, a new TPA, you know, where they have other plans. They need to provide, you know, any information on any control group or affiliated service group issues. There's extra money from employer Contributions. There, there may be discussion as to changing the plan contribution formula. Uh, if the new TPA is in the process for staying the plan document, uh, you know, the plan sponsor, plan sponsor may want to explore some changes like eligibility or, you know, any type of demographic changes that, you know, would require some sort of plan change. Uh, next, it's important for... The plan sponsor to uh, follow up on the conversion process again you know I'm not a big fan of surprises um, it, it, again it goes back to the Austin Powers argument when you know Dr. Evil uh, assumed that uh, you know this grand spectacle of killing Austin Powers would just go to plan. he would just leave and just assume everything goes to plan and, and plan sponsor. Uh, can certainly not afford to uh, assume everything goes to plan. Uh, If The new TPA tells the plan sponsor the conversion process will last a certain time. It's best for the plan sponsor to understand uh, if it's going to be shorter or longer or whatnot. The plan sponsor has to be in the loop, and the only way to ensure that they will be in the loop is for them to be in constant contact with the conversion team at the new TPA. Uh, Also... I think it's a good point for the plan sponsor to identify who will serve as the day-to-day contact in the plan the TPA. Um, I, you know, again, we all have our biases. I worked in a TPA where, you know, the plan sponsor really had one contact, the plan administrator. And unfortunately you have a lot of bigger TPAs that have that team approach where you call one number and you could talk to five or six different people that are talking on the plan. My bias is, I, I like the fact that the TPAs, where there's one administrator, and you know they handle, um, you know, the point-to-point contact for the plan. Last but not least, I think it's important for plan sponsors to let TPAs know, the new TPAs know, uh, you know, how they're feeling. I will always say that the. Uh, The the personal and business relationships, especially on the personal side, that I've uh, had that failed were really as a result of miscommunication. I just, I, you know, I, I've been itching to reach out to a good friend of mine from law school, and I've not talked to him for 18 years. And you know, it's, it was it, 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 needless to say, he was a really great friend of mine in law school. Probably the best friend I had in law school. Um, I went out for his wedding to California. Uh, spent you know two weeks out there, and three years later, you know I got married, and he couldn't bother to send um, a Hallmark card. Couldn't even bother to say that he wasn't coming, and I got upset by it. And I, I explained to him why I was upset. Like you know, listen, guy, you know I understand. I did all this for whatnot. And, you know, unfortunately, when you call people to task. And, and I know this as, as, a, as a former TPA employee, former TPA attorney, people don't accept responsibility. They don't say, you know what, Ari, I'm sorry. He just came out with a lot of excuses. I think I was willing to accept those excuses, but he just like, you know, cut me off. <laughs> cut me off at the past. Haven't talked to him in 18 years. I'm still friendly with his wife because I went to law school with his wife as well. And I've been trying to reach out actually i haven't been trying to reach out i've been thinking about reaching out for the last couple of years and i haven't and that's on me and i will say that you know in in life i, I think uh the personal relationships that went by the wayside was because of a uh, a failure of miscommunication um i i think unfortunately um the miscommunication goes both ways it's not just on me um, and, and it's tough, and it is what it is, but uh, I think it's important for plan sponsors to understand that uh, relationships are a two-way street. I think it's important for plan sponsors to tell the new TPA when they're not happy. Um, I don't want to be passive. I, I used to be passive-aggressive. Uh, less now. I, I think I still am passive-aggressive in some respects. Like Again, when a TPA gives me an $80,000 bill for work that they were paid for, um, I, I think, you know, I, I think the plan sponsor really can't afford to be passive aggressive. They really should know what the new TBA know when the service isn't really up to snuff. When missteps happen, um, the passive aggressive plan sponsor just will bite their tongue and not realize, not tell them, you know, What they're feeling or what they're thinking and they just you know grin and bear it and then just terminate that new tpa a year or two down the line uh and 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 last but not least i really think that it's important that when the new tpa does a great job that it's up to the plant sponsor to acknowledge it um it it, it's always interesting you uh especially on the tpa side Uh, tpa i always say they do all the work and they get all the blame When they do a great job and most times they do a great job you know I don't know what the numbers are but I'm I think it's in the high 90s as to how what a great job they do and uh, people don't focus on when they do the great job and just focus on when the TPA does a bad job but uh, of course people who are cynical will say well you know they they're supposed to do a good job and whatnot but I think that uh I think it's important to you know Tell people when they're great and tell people when they're crap. And uh, I think it's easier for people to tell people when they're crap than it t- is when to tell them to be great. But anyway, that's this week's episode of That 4 and K Podcast. Um, go to that 4 site.com for further information on all our live events, including Las Vegas next week. Hopefully the weather will be good whatnot. Still plenty of time to sign up. 100 bucks gets you in. Lunch. We even have a cookie break this time. Uh, so anyway, because uh, I had to meet that $3,000 minimum food order for the uh, New York, New York Hotel and Casino. We will be live next week, next Friday. The New York, New York Hotel and Casino will be there at 9 a.m. Uh, what are we, Pacific Time? is it right there? Yeah. 9 a.m. Pacific Time because Nevada is right next to California. I think if we go to Arizona, we'd lose. It'd be whatever. But anyway, go to that4kstate.com for further information on all our events and hope you tune in next week for another episode of that 401k podcast.